Hello everyone, and a welcome to the Topa Summoning Podcast. I am your host, Jesse, and I am Topamancer. You are listening to the Topa Summoning Podcast, where we talk about all things Topa related, including exciting new Topas uh, I am working on. This is the podcast where you can receive news and updates on new products and topas. Topasummoning.com has in development. Also, you can tune in and listen to stories about my topa encounters, uh, topa summoning tips, topa related stories, topa related book reviews, parallel universes, quantum jumping, and interviewing people about all that stuff as well as all things psychic, metaphysical, unexplained, paranormal, supernatural. Uh, yeah. <laughs> This is the second episode of the Topa Summoning Podcast, and boy, do I got a great show lined up for you guys. The title of this episode is uh, Interview with a Topamancer, because I'm going to give you a transcript uh, transcript, uh, reading of my interview with a Topa Summoning Prodigy. Nebula. I'm going to introduce you guys to him and uh, ask him a few questions and you guys are going to love what he has got to say. I am excited and looking forward toward uh, sharing this Q&A interview with you guys. And then also in this episode, we are going to review the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill and his experiences with topas and some of the wisdom uh, and some and some of his wisdom and then to round it all off I'm going to give you guys a tip on how you can start encountering summoning and manifesting topas today Right. So, without further ado, let's get this party started. All right. Uh, one day, one of the topamancers that I am helping coach asked me the question: Do you find topas less satisfying uh, to have as partners than having real human girlfriends? Uh, because I read somewhere online about someone who successfully manifested tulpas from Tomage's program as well. And they were saying that their real girlfriend was no match to their tulpas in terms of sex and romance. But yet having a tulpa impacted the relationship with their real girlfriend by making it better. What is your take on this? And uh, my take, uh, and uh, right there, I was hooked, lined and sinker. And I almost didn't answer that, uh, answer the question in my uh, zealousness because I 
always wanted to interview a real topomancer uh, other than myself. Uh, anyways, I was very interested in seeing what one of the topomancers I am uh, coaching had read, and he showed me a post on 8coon.top, and they're a uh, topomancer that we are going to honorably refer to as Nebula had gone through uh, Tomage's mind doll program, was answering questions about summoning and manifesting tulpas, and just about the whole tulpa and mind doll process in general. And I was elated. I was so happy to find this uh, resource. So I told my guys, we got a treasury of wisdom that Nebula has posted and I wanted them to go through Nebula's posts and write and create some and make goals and affirmations and beliefs based on what we could infer from Nebula's uh, Tulpa summoning success. Fast forward a couple weeks ago, my buddy was back with even more uh, great news that he had gotten in touch with Nebula and was able to ask him some questions. And once again, I was excited to say the least. And he put me in touch with Nebula. And now everybody on this podcast is experiencing history in the making. Me and the Tulpamancers I am coaching came up with some questions to ask Nebula. A mind, a mind doll and Tulpa summoning prodigy. And today he is going to answer those questions and we are going to dive deep into the mysterious uh, and enigmatic Tulpa summoning wizard and prodigy of Nebula. So without further ado, let's dig in. Uh, to respect uh, Nebula's privacy, for anonymity and basically for uh, Nebula to more thoughtfully answer our questions. I will be reading a transcript of the questions he uh, we asked Nebula and answers Nebula has provided. Nebula it is an honor to interview you. Can you tell the Tulpa Summoning Podcast how you happened to come upon Tomage's program and what you thought about Tulpas when you first heard about the idea? And here is Nebula's reply. Thank you for having me, Jesse. Like I mentioned to you, I really enjoyed the first episode. I am honored to be a part of the second. I will always I, I, I will answer the questions I will answer the question relating to uh, Tulpa and comparison to material girls first. I must say that Tulpa Tulpas are surely incredibly satisfying to be around. Not only is their romantic life utter ecstasy, but their interactions outside of that are immensely fulfilling. 
the nicest, most genuine people pale in comparison. However, the social satisfactions topas uh, provide only leave more room for respectfulness, patience, empathy, and connection, etc. with your physical partner. As your every fantasy is met eternally, your mind makes room to appreciate your loved one to the fullest for who they are as a person. Moreover, this is my experience. Tulpas have taught me how to uh, love others more expressively. I become a better person by learning from them. All of my relationships have improved, and my fiancé has definitely taken notice of this through my interactions with her and our friends. To answer the second question, I came upon Tolmage's program relatively early in my journey through hypnosis. It was perfect timing, as is often the case with these life-changing phenomenon. I had been searching through hypnosis forums for weeks, reading experiences, and researching alternative methods. I experimented with several files which suited my fancy, and I discovered I was good at falling into trance. But none of these files tackled my real issue at the time, which was my need for companionship. Eventually, I decided to make a post of my own, and the replies were extremely helpful. Through this exchange, I discovered the Tulpamancy community. While some may have initial apprehensions on accepting the fact Tulpas exist, Most of my childhood involved exploring imaginary worlds with made-up characters, so the concept wasn't new to me. Entrainment. Uh, I was immediately intrigued, and after diving into the mechanisms at work, I was positive it would work for me. This was the point where I began to follow Tomage's files. <laughs> wow, that is something. Uh, the second question I asked. I know when I first heard the testimonials from... Uh, Homage's Mind Doll and Art of the Tulpa program. I was amazed, like, wow, my mind is capable of doing that. Did you think that it would be easy? Nebula replied to that question with. The testimonials I read were certainly a big motivation for me as well. 
Reading others' experiences on these subjects breeds an enthusiasm for self-improvement. It's really astounding how much power truly exists within our minds. Though it makes a lot of sense when you break it down, it is our brain which ultimately interprets all our senses, all our physical senses, into what we perceive. As such, it made perfect sense to me. With training, we could create perception without the need for sensory input. As far as ease of use, I was uncertain at first. I was well aware there needed to be a measure of self-improvement made in conjunction with the hypnosis, which often takes a long time. However, I was prepared to work hard on this goal for as long as it took. Third question I asked. Nebula, Nebula, you have got some of the most incredible ideas and posts on uh, topa summoning and hypnosis stuff, like an idea to create a never-ending imaginary pizza that you can actually fully taste and feel. That way you don't get full. And I think if I read correctly, the ability to visually change your self-image via hypnosis, as in you wouldn't physically change your clothes or uh, suit up or costume yourself, you would have that applied to your perception of yourself. Anyways, one of the things that I found pretty cool is that you mentioned in your post that you created a slime grill. I love this and I kind of always had a place in my heart for monster girls because I like to read the monster girl genre of uh, erotica and I uh, plan on creating a line of uh, monster girl topas like the like a vampire girl or a horned wing woman like the Tomage has uh, with the Morgan mp3 in the art of the topa course anyways my question is have you ever read monster girl erotica and what made you want to create a slime girl nebula replied to that question with first off i appreciate the compliments as i detailed with the endless food and uh, drink example. I've made the most of my ability to manipulate the senses. I'm fortunate enough to have experienced pleasures many would only dream of. Tulpas know how to party. Let me tell you what. On On to the question. Aha, I see you're a man of culture as well. I too am a fellow connoisseur of the Monster Girl Encyclopedia. Ha ha ha. Jokes aside, slime beans have always piqued my interest as truly out of this world. B 
besides just thinking it would be interesting to experience interacting with living goop. I wanted to create a tulpa which was beautifully alien, able to express herself using her entire form. After much brainstorming, I designed my tulpa with the ability to shift her semi-fluid physique into whatever intricate apparel she desired, like a full-body mood ring. All my tulpas have unique characteristics and abilities like this, which play into their personalities and relationships. I give them entire histories and motivations from their inception, and they only grow from there. They are truly alive to me, even before I manifest them. Fourth question I asked. Nebula, for the next question, one of the topomancers that I am coaching thought about a really good idea. He asks, have you used your topas to make money and can they hold special skills that can aid you in earning money? Personally, I think this would be a brilliant idea. Like what if you could uh, manifest Napoleon, a Napoleon Hill topa, the author of Think and Grow Rich and uh, have him coach you uh, to be a success. Anyways, my friend also asks, what self-development should we be doing to summon topas? Nebula replied to that question with, Monetary gain isn't a personal goal of mine, so I wouldn't be the best to uh, ask about this, unfortunately. Haha. <laughs> I live comfortably, working in a field I love, surrounded by people I love. I reach happiness in other ways, and tulpas have absolutely been a major help in getting me there where I am. To psychoanalyze for a moment, if your desire is the security and freedom money allows, perhaps it's best to focus on this freedom and security as your main goal instead of the money itself. That's just how I structured my own path, though. If you really want the Benjamins I wish you good fortune, all power to you. It would certainly be feasible to create a financial advisor to aid in decision making. The closest I've ever come to this was employing a study buddy, Tulpa, who helped me organize my thoughts through school. I wouldn't say your Napoleon Hill Tulpa would make the same decisions his real life counterpart would. But he'd probably act in a way you would expect the real one to. Any tulpa capable of decent calculation, 
can help you stick to a budget. One with a keen eye for opportunity could nudge you toward potential benefits. I would still require you to do the work. It would still require you to do the work, but Tulpas and their boundless skill sets can be an invaluable support. question I asked Nebula. Another Topomancer asked Nebula, what was the main thing that helped you to make the breakthrough and start experiencing virtual worlds? And uh, Nebula reply was, I would love to narrow it down to one thing, but to be honest, I completely changed my life in the two-year period leading up to and after discovering the program. I took every habit my conscience told me was unhealthy and put the work in to replace them with beneficial ones. If you really desire a cognitive edge, research neurotropics and perform a lab test to detail which would be most effective for your body chemistry. I repeat, do your research. Talk to a professional if you are considering taking these supplements. Regarding techniques within the program itself, believing I had already achieved success produced the most results for me. Once I researched virtual world stage in Talmadge's program, I went in with the mentality I was already immersed in these worlds. My senses just had to catch up. Perceiving the landscape involved what I call imagining with a loose grip. That is, bringing the objects in question to attention without carrying too much of the processing power required to manifest it into reality. Let your subconscious do the hard work for you. Over time, it gets better at showing you what you want to see and you get better at seeing what it has to show you. It's a cooperative effort. The sixth question I asked Nebula. I know for me, I was experiencing some uh, topic phenomenon throughout the whole program, throughout the whole pro- program, but I uh, didn't really fully experience a topa on the virtual dream world or astral plane until I started playing around with uh, with summoning keywords. Another topa mancer I am currently coaching asked Nebula. When you first started experiencing virtual worlds and tulpas, 
was it a gradual sensory introduction that you had to work on uh, clarifying and augmenting or was it a 0 to 100 switch of bang my subconscious just started giving me the real deal Nebula replied to that question with For sure, uh, my experiences perceiving the virtual worlds developed more and more as I kept practicing. Training my mind took as much work as training my body. It was not a switch that happened overnight by any means. For others, it may be different, especially if one were to make a sudden leap in progress or have encountered an alternative technique that works especially well for them. It's a really mixed bag when it comes to these things. Seventh question I asked Nebula. Going back to summoning keywords, Nebula. I've been skimming and uh, dipping in and out of reading your fascinating posts about tulpas and and there are a lot, so uh, forgive me <laughs> if I miss something, but I uh, don't know if I've ever heard you mention using keywords to summon tulpas. I don't know if uh, we are from different schools of thought, probably, most definitely, or uh, <laughs> If you are uh, such a prodigy at manifesting and summoning tulpas. But anyhow, uh, my question is, do you use summoning keywords to manifest tulpas in the real world or virtual dream world? Nebula replied to that question with... Oh goodness, I'm hardly a prodigy, ha ha ha, though I certainly appreciate the compliment. I don't believe you missed anything in that regard. I am unfamiliar with using keywords to summon Topa. I use the regular induction keyword found in the program to quickly get me into the ultra-depth state, but that's all. I manifest my Topa in the virtual world by calling their names and focusing on their forms. They respond rather promptly unless they're busy with their own thing, in which case they usually send a message. Eighth question I asked Nebula. I ask because I create Tulpa MP3s that are designed to bring Tulpas into the real world when you say certain keywords. However, I had had challenges doing this, but I create and sell them nevertheless because maybe someone who isn't experiencing my personal challenges 
might be able to use summoning keyword mp3s to effectively bring tulpas into the real world and these keyword files i created and i know at the very least can help tulpas manifest in the virtual dream world by saying the tulpa summoning keywords before listening to a virtual dream world mp3 in fact almost every time i summon a tulpa I was so wrapped up in their manifesting and the extraordinary realism of my tulpa that I kind of gave up questioning if I was in a real world or a virtual dream world. Spoiler alert, I was in the virtual dream world, which is a, a whole series of episodes we can do by themselves by themselves, which would probably include topics such as quantum jumping and uh, parallel universes and the astral plane. Anyways, I uh, digress, uh, kind of setting up this question. Nebula, what I was uh, kind of wondering about in those stages where you're uh, working on bringing your first topa into the real world if you were saying summoning keywords like I do, what did you do as you waited for them to manifest? Did you imagine them manifesting in front of you or uh, impose them? Nebula replied to that question with, I gave what you mean. That transition from the virtual to imposed is a big hurdle. Many get caught up in this stage. Imposition is an advanced technique in topomancy, so it should be expected. As I mentioned, I didn't use this keyword technique like you did, though I'm curious how much more effective they would be than Maya method or lack thereof. My ability to impose involved a lot of brute forcing, overlapping my virtual world into the real world. At first, it was as simple as trying to fill an object that was in the virtual world while maintaining visual connection with the real world. As I got better at this, I would space out and trance with my eyes open, mapping small areas of the virtual world into the real world. This took the longest time to get good at, and it wasn't pretty at first. Over time, I got better at isolating simple objects from the virtual world and placing them on real-world surfaces, using my sense of touch as an anchor. Then I moved on to more complex shapes, then ones with uh, moving parts, and finally, living things. I may have progressed more rapidly through this stage than most would, due to my history of owning my open-eyed visualization ability through many years as an illustrator. Drawing so much over the years has likely aided my progress 
in this program a lot, actually. That potential series you mentioned sounds like a fascinating concept, by the way. I'd love to hear what you experienced personally. Ninth question I asked Nebula. I asked Neb- I asked because every now and then I kick back and try my topa summoning keywords and maybe visualize them instantly manifesting or walking into whatever room I'm in and nothing happens. So sometimes invariably I uh, fall asleep after giving these keywords a try and then and that's when uh, they manifest in the in the virtual world or a realistic dot uh, form replica construct of my bedroom or wherever I happen to uh, uh, be in consciousness. Uh, that's uh, w- what's your take on this and what would you recommend a Tulpa summoner uh, such as myself in these uh, more advanced stages? do to go about uh, bringing tulpas into the real world Nebula replied to that question with I say it's completely normal to doze off or rather alter your state of consciousness when trying to access your tulpa in the real world What's likely happening is that your brain associates tulpa interactions with being in a hypnotic state. You subconsciously put yourself in those states in order for you to get what your subconscious perceives you want. To see your tulpa, even if your brain has to trick you, all it cares about is the end result. It can't comprehend that you wish to cross the streams just yet. The program is built around entrainment, creating muscle memory to remain conscious as you seek into a dreamlike state. Imposition takes this even further, expanding upon this muscle memory to enter these dream states while remaining motile. Seeing as this is the case, try remaining physically active while you attempt to summon your tulpa. Work on the ability to trance while you are moving about. When you are ready to impose, I advise involving your strongest, clearest sense in manifesting your tulpa. Your summoning technique should involve this sense as much as possible. I'm a tactile person so I began by literally carrying my tulpa from virtual to reality. You have to engineer a way that works best for you considering your interest as well as your primordial sense.
The tenth question I asked Nebula. Nebula, the topomancer that initially introduced me to you asked you some really great questions. One of them was, do you happen to have a link for the visualization exercise that helps you impose them? And Nebula, your response was, Unfortunately, I don't. I remember downloading ebooks on the subject of some long depreciated Achan thread, but that was a long time ago. Surely you can come across some similar material online. I know one of the methods I used was called image streaming. I'd look into that one first. It helped a lot. I noticed a significant improvement in my visualization skills as I practice image streaming. And uh, now, now, as soon as you mentioned image streaming, helped you uh, summon tulpas. I had to look this up and I came across Zelda's image streaming guide, read it and watched his YouTube videos and I was like, this is a really neat idea. And then I did some more digging and watched a video by George Hutton uh, saying, if you do this image streaming every day, you can become one of the 1% super geniuses in society and then I did some more digging and found the Einstein factor a uh, sort of book about how to develop this uh, super intelligence and it all uh, clicked for me I I remember reading this book years ago and it mentioned image streaming as well uh, can, can you describe the type of image streaming you did because I know there are a couple ways, like a writing way and a talking out loud way. Can you maybe give us an example of what you might write or say to show the Topa Summoning Podcast image streaming? Nebula replied to that question with, Sure thing. The important aspect of image streaming is to develop an affinity for describing the objects and environments that come to mind as quickly and concisely as possible. Moving on to the next object of focus rapidly. I wouldn't be able to give you an, ac an accurate description through text, but if you ever listen to a professional actor reading an audiobook, uh, that reading speed and level of detail in your description is more than adequate. Another important part of this is your audience. You want to train your mind to associate these uh, streaming sessions 
as a real event. Recording your descriptions on any device or uh, dictating them to an open-minded individual helps you form a long-term memory of your journey. These memories are often even more clearer than your initial stream. You can uh, hear more uh, specifics uh, by searching by searching Anthony Metivier's videos about the subject on YouTube. Eleventh question I asked Nebula. <clears throat> I remember one of my favorite movies growing up was a movie called Phenomenon. It starred John Travolta, and uh, to sum it all up, uh, he sees a flash in the sky and develops super intelligence and uh, telekinesis by reading a bunch of books. And I always kind of thought, how neat would that be? Anyways, I don't know where I was going with that, but I'm a big reading buff. Uh, always reading uh, books on self-development, uh, metaphysics, erotica, uh, spirituality, magic, and comic books, and hypnosis, the unexplained, and the paranormal. And Anyways, I... <laughs> I was wondering uh, if there are any uh, topo-related books you recommend or non-topo-related books. I'm curious, uh, what does a topo summoning prodigy like yourself read? Nebula replied to that, request that, that question with... It may be a surprise. But I'm not much of a bookworm myself. Most of the information I retain comes from online articles and forums. I absorb pertinent info, which I which is usually in and of itself digested from avid readers such as yourself, and move on to the next thing. As a result, most of the techniques I learned come from a variety of sources. As far as reading for pleasure, I am a fan of Japanese manga. The Evangelion series is a longtime favorite, as is Berserk, Mushi, uh, Muishi, and Junji Ito's works. I find myself attracted to the hyper-detailed artwork of these series. Being an artist myself, certain comics also scratch that itch. I spend more time writing than reading. However, I love world, uh, world building, character creation, and weaving my own stories. I base a lot of my writing off my many mental adventures and create compact worlds to help me visualize story elements and character interactions in person before writing what I deem most interesting. Off the top of my head, I could definitely recommend Link Zelda's 
self-hypnosis tulpa guide to your listeners. It's detailed and easily customizable hypnosis-based tulpa forcing method without the need for any recordings. I found it to be rather effective since you are using your own mind voice to induce yourself instead of relying on outside suggestions. The twelfth question I asked Nebula. Nebula, can you tell us what a tulpa manifesting looks like in the real world? Uh, and maybe some other ways you can see a tulpa can manifest. In corresponding with you for this episode and working on the artwork for this episode cover that you created, you mentioned you often pull you often pulled tulpas through uh, portals, and that sounds incredible because uh, of the experiences I mentioned in my last episode, and because I sometimes imagine these uh, imagine uh, the manifesting that way. However, I think a tulpa uh, can manifest in a number of ways. What's your take on this? Nebula replied to that question with. Oh, of course. Manifesting, uh, manifestation may appear to us in any number of ways. Portal opening is just the tip of the iceberg. Your imagination is the limit. You may ri- uh, they may rise and solidify from a puddle. My slime tulpa does this a lot. Drop from the sky like a meteor or gently hug you from behind. Like I mentioned previously, using your clearest sense would be the smartest thing to do until you get the hang of imposition. Then, you and your tulpa can decide on an entrance method that would seem to that would seem the most, suitor, the most suitable for both of you. The truth of the matter is that whatever you desire shall come forth in a more marvelous way than you could ever expect. Planning anything too elaborate shouldn't be your focus, as your subconscious will take a concept and enjo- will take a concept you enjoy and crank it up to the moon. Regardless, just work with your subconscious and trust it. You both have more power than you know. And there you have it, my and there you have it, folks. (laughs) My interview with a Tulpamancer, Nebula a tulpa summoning prodigy and perhaps a modern day wizard in every sense of the word Um, with any luck we at the tulpa summoning podcast will be honored to do a Q&A in future episodes and uh, coming up 
we will be reviewing the book uh, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Let's dive in. I know Nebula is a sort of hard act to follow, but so is Napoleon Hill and his legendary book, Think and Grow Rich. I want to review this book for this episode because I want to tell you guys Napoleon Hill's Tulpa-related experiences and some wisdom on we Tulpamancers can glean from this best-selling masterpiece. First off, this is a really, really good book. I remember I bought it because I watched a YouTube video by uh, Bob Proctor, and he explained how this book made him a millionaire. So I used to read it and listen to this book all the time, and this book really got me thinking about building uh, tulpasummoning.com and going into business, offering my own custom tulpas for sale. Because one of the sort of philosophies I prescribe to is that no one can really do the thing that uh, you do the way that you do it. And that's what I'm all about here, folks. With my brand, and I encourage you all to rock on and uh, do your thing the way you do it and offer that value to the world. <laughs> and you will be compensated uh, accordingly. Anyways, uh, one of my favorite chapters in the book is chapter 14, titled The Sixth Sense. In it, Napoleon Hill describes how he had a sort of imaginary mastermind group of heroes he looked up to and uh, successful people of his time. And he would converse and hold meetings with these people in the theater of his mind. And eventually, Napoleon Hill describes how he got so deep into imagining his meetings with uh, these mentors he would go to for advice and help that they started to take on a life of their own. It is probably the most fascinating part of the book for me and uh, very Tulpa related. In fact, this is uh, really, this really is kind of how uh, Tulpas manifest. Thinking about uh, this book's subliminal sort of impact on uh, Tulpamancy, it really uh, sort of is crazy when I think about uh, think about the first when I think about it. Uh, think about this: the first chapter of the book is titled "Thoughts Are Things." First off, wow, Napoleon Hill. <laughs> Napoleon Hill was uh, really ahead of his time, and I think we, uh, I think he has some really great things any Tulpamancer can use to perhaps uh, grow their wealth if that is a challenge preventing a Tulpa from manifesting. Anyways, overall, this book is great stuff. I recommend it. My mentors recommend it. It's fascinating, helpful, and all that jazz. 
finally, this book leads me to my tip for uh, Tulpa Summoners, which Napoleon Hill, which uh, Napoleon Hill also recommends, and that is get a mentor and uh, get around people that are doing the type of stuff that you want to do. I wanted to do summon tulpas, and that led me to studying tulpas from Talmadge, and I eventually enjoyed designing and developing tulpas so much. I wanted to share this with the world, so I got in touch with my mentor Talmadge Harper, and he helped me, and he helped coach me through his Omega course to create my business, and I am still at it. <laughs> Collecting mentors uh, like Nebula and picking their brain. Like the old adage goes, uh, birds of a feather flock together. So I encourage you to learn and get with those who came before you or are doing the things you would like to be doing and you will start vibrating on that frequency and perhaps doing those things you always wanted to do yourself, whether that be tulpa summoning or whatever your thing is, get out there and uh, get the band together of, of people uh, with traits that you would like. These influences could come from uh, pe people, books, music, movies, courses, lectures, corresponding via email, phone, text, uh, newsletter, blog, whatever. Whatever these things and people are. These people and things are all a part of the band playing the jams and jazz of your life. So you also might need to uh, cut out those influences that don't serve you. Either way, the choice is yours. And you are the leader of your band. And without your ears to hear the music, no music could be made. And that is it for today, folks. I hope you all enjoyed listening as much as I enjoyed interviewing Nebula. And I loved sharing and talking about my passion for designing and developing tulpas and coaching uh, tulpamancers and sharing my tulpa encounter experiences with you guys. I look forward toward uh, creating uh, future podcasting and hopefully interviewing Nibula in future Tulpa Summoning Podcasts and perhaps authors of uh, Tulpa-related metaphysical or magical books. Stop by uh, TulpaSummoning.com and subscribe to my newsletter for uh, updates on the Tulpa Summoning Podcast and uh, news on new releases of incredible Tulpas I am currently uh, designing and have in development. That will that uh, that I will have for sale in the Topa Summoning Podcast. That I will have for sale in the Topa Summoning Podcast shop, uh, and the TopaSummoning.com shop. That I will have for sale in the TopaSummoning.com shop. Wow, that that is uh, certainly a reading uh, speech impediment I just went through. <laughs> I want you all to have a wonderful day. And uh, remember, you are unfathomably powerful, 
beyond all imagination. And I want you all to succeed in uh, summoning and manifesting tulpas. Till next time, this has been Interview with a Tulpa Mancer, Episode 2 of the Tulpa Summoning Podcast. <laughs>